Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's Highway Community Podcast. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, the day that commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and marks the beginning of Holy Week, the week that would culminate with Jesus' arrest, his crucifixion, and ultimately his resurrection. And as Jesus traveled into Jerusalem that day on the back of a donkey, his journey very distinctly evoked one of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so Jesus was very intentionally and purposefully entering Jerusalem as the Messiah. He was entering Jerusalem as the king who the Israelites had long been waiting for. Well, this morning we are continuing our teaching series for the season of Lent entitled RSVP, where we are exploring the six petitions of the Lord's Prayer and how they actually serve as an invitation to pray with Jesus during this season of soul-searching and repentance. Now, one of the things that we have noted in our series is how Jesus teaches us to pray from a posture of humble boldness. And an important aspect of the humble part of that is seen through the overall focus of the first half of Jesus' prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the first half of the Lord's Prayer, the first three of the petitions are focused on God, his name, his kingdom, and his will. However, as we move into the second half of the prayer, we see that the pronouns shift. The first-person pronouns that are so notably absent in the first three petitions now appear, albeit in the plural, as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Now, Jesus, of course, could have chosen to end this particular petition any way he wanted, but he chose bread, something that is both elemental and richly symbolic. Bread was the staple food of Jesus' day. It was also a symbol for anything that sustained physical life in any way. And so, at the most elemental level, Jesus is inviting us to ask our Father to provide for our most basic physical needs, both the food that our bodies need for fuel, and then also, by extension, everything else that is necessary for the preservation of physical life. Now, this request for God to give daily bread also would have evoked, at least for some of the people who were listening to Jesus teach, the story of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness after their escape from Egypt. God provided for the basic physical needs of his people by giving them manna to eat, each day. And so 
embedded in this petition here is an invitation to depend on God in the very same way that the Israelites did, and to trust that just as he did for them, and just as he has always done for his people, that he will similarly provide for us. In addition to being a symbol for our basic material needs, bread is also a symbol for our spiritual needs. In John chapter 6, after Jesus had miraculously fed 5,000 people with only a few small barley loaves and a couple of fish, we are told that the crowd that was with him demanded that he show them a miraculous sign so that they could believe in him. And it was amazing. It was an amazing request, really, since Jesus had just done something pretty miraculous through his meal service. But the people, nevertheless, wanted more. They wanted a sign. They wanted a sign from Jesus like the manna that God had given to their forefathers after their escape from Egypt. And in response to that, Jesus said this, in John chapter 6, verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And so we hear Jesus there, as he does so many times over the course of John's gospel, taking something physical and giving it spiritual significance. But Jesus is boldly declaring, in the face of this demand from the crowd, he's boldly declaring that he himself is the sign. He himself is the bread of life. He himself is the manna. And it's only through him that we find true spiritual sustenance. It's only through him that we find lasting spiritual sustenance sustenance. Jesus is the bread, and his words and his deeds and and everything he gives us that emerges from who he is represents everything that we need for life in a spiritual sense. And so as we ask our Father to give us bread— We're not simply asking him to provide what we need to sustain our physical lives. We're also asking him to provide for everything that we need spiritually as well. We're asking for our Father in heaven to provide for us holistically. We're asking for him to provide for us in every way. Now, there's something else that is significant about this fourth petition of Jesus's prayer. And it's highlighted by Jesus's use of repetition. Give us today, Jesus says, our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And it's hard to miss the emphasis that Jesus places on today. There's there's a definite emphasis on the present a definite emphasis on the right now, a definite sense of 
immediacy, of, of a daily immediacy. And the word that Matthew uses that is translated for us as daily is only used twice in all of the New Testament. It's used here, and then it's also used in Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11. And it means more literally for the coming day. And it carries the idea of something that's going to be happening within the next 24 hours. And so Jesus is inviting us to pray today for our bread for today. He's inviting us to pray today for our bread for today. He's inviting us to pray for our immediate needs. And that emphasis on the present That emphasis on today takes us back once again to the manna that God gave his people in the wilderness, right? God provided that manna daily. He provided it daily. And the Israelites were specifically instructed to gather only as much as they needed for that day. And if they tried to gather more than that, If they tried to store it up, it would breed worms, and it would smell, and it would have to be thrown out. It was only on the sixth day that they were allowed to gather extra manna so that they could eat on the Sabbath. But that was the only manna that didn't spoil when it was kept. And all of that was an exercise, really, in trusting that God would provide for them each day. God wanted his people to trust him to provide for their needs every day. And Jesus is inviting us to the same thing as he teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread. He is inviting us to trust God from a very present tense perspective. It's interesting The Lord's Prayer is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the longest recorded public teaching of Jesus in the Gospels. And and this emphasis that Jesus places on today here, his, his emphasis on asking God to provide in the present tense, is something that surfaces again later on in the sermon when he talks about worry. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
And so do not worry about your life, Jesus says. Instead, look around. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at the grass. Look at the things, Jesus says, that are around you right now because they represent present tense reminders of God's provision. They are present tense reminders of God's provision. And then Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so Jesus repeatedly encourages us to focus on today as opposed to tomorrow. He repeatedly encourages us to be present in the present and to trust for God's provision one day at a time. You know, one of the many effects of the COVID-19 pandemic is the way that it has really dramatically altered the tense of time. This past year of quarantine has forced us all in, in ways that we've not really experienced before. It's forced us all to live in the present tense right? because there basically has been no certainty whatsoever about the future. But COVID has required us to live our lives one day at a time. And I know for me, that has definitely been one of the many growth edges over this past year. And it's made me very acutely aware of how oriented I had been in the pre-COVID universe on the future. It's made me aware of, of how much I relied on looking forward of how much I relied both on plans that existed already and on making new plans for the days and weeks and months and years ahead. And it's helped me to see, at the same time, how much all of that looking to the future distracted me and inhibited me from actually being present in the present. You know, we can miss so much when we're too distracted to see the birds of the air and the grass of the field. We can miss so much when we are looking beyond today. We actually see a very poignant example of that in the story that today revolves around, the story that Palm Sunday revolves around, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Right? Jesus was entering into the city during Passover, which was the time when the Israelites were not only mindful of God's deliverance of them in the past, but Passover was also a time when they would have been acutely aware of their present circumstances as well acutely aware of the reality that, that they were living under Roman rule and that they were still waiting, as they had been for hundreds of years, for the deliverance that God had promised to them through the prophets. And there were some very definite expectations that existed about how that deliverance would happen. Most Israelites 
expected that the Messiah was going to come as a military conqueror, as someone who would come and overthrow the Romans and restore the nation of Israel to the kind of prominence that they had under the great days of King David. And the way that Matthew describes the reception that Jesus receives as he's entering the city certainly reflects that. Matthew chapter 21, verse 8 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And so, Everything that Matthew describes there, the spreading of the cloaks, which was a way of showing Jesus' honor, the palm branches, which were a symbol of victory that had roots in Judas Maccabeus' entrance into Jerusalem a hundred years earlier after defeating the Seleucid armies, the shouts of Hosanna, which means save now, all of those things revealed some very definite expectations. And that crowd, as they laid their cloaks down, and as they waved palm branches, and as they shouted, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord, they were focused on what they thought that Jesus was going to do in the future. And it actually caused them to miss what was happening right then in front of them in the present. They were focused on what They were expecting Jesus to do in the future, and it caused them to miss what Jesus was coming to provide for them in the present. And so as we pray with Jesus through this season of soul-searching, you know, amidst all of the worries and the uncertainties they're a part of the fabric of our experience of the pandemic over this past year. How is Jesus inviting you to trust him today? What is he inviting you to look for him to provide right now? What worry for tomorrow is he inviting you to release today in order to be more present in the present? And then, as we are just now beginning to see some light at the end of the COVID tunnel with the increasing available of the vaccines and the case numbers being down and with the weather improving. As we're beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel, what is Jesus inviting you to intentionally hold on to from this season when it comes to being focused on today and being present in the present? May we be present in the present and rely on Jesus' provision for us today for the coming day. Our Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread.
Jesus, thank you for knowing all of our needs, all of our desires, all of our hopes, all of our fears, and all of our worries. We lay these at your feet this morning as we trust you today for provision today. Thank you for being our physical sustenance and our spiritual sustenance. Would you continue to show yourself to us and to give us eyes to see the gifts of your provision that are all around us as we ask you for our daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen.